Nothing nurtures the world above better than the soil below, and that's why I am so excited to introduce you to Coast of Maine. Coast of Maine is an organic soil brand that offers a full range of products designed to cover all of your garden and lawn needs. In years past, my vegetable garden, I neglected the soil and I didn't have much yield. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for success, your garden may not succeed. And so this year, I am so excited to cultivate the soil before planting the plants with Coast of Maine's organic products. Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers, so next time you're at your local retailer, look for Coast of Maine products. Get growing. Visit coastofmaine.com to find a local retailer near you, coastofmaine.com. If you've been paying attention, you've likely heard something about gut health and why zoning in on your gut health is so darn important. You need EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. It's a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. I started taking EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense because I have a bloating problem, friends. Yes, I do. Inflammation is not my friend. Since taking one capsule a day on an empty stomach with water, I have noticed more energy, improved skin, and here's the big one, reduced bloating. Head to myeq.com and use code SUSTAINABLE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and so much more. That's myeq.com and use code SUSTAINABLE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. Well, hello there and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian, and you are listening to episode 143 of the Sustainable Minimalist podcast. On today's show, we are discussing not only why it's important to talk to others about environmental issues, but we're also discussing how to do it. Unfortunately, climate change is a polarized topic in today's hyper political environment, right? As of this recording, We are 40 days away from a major national election here in the United States. So not only is the election close, but also we're living in this crazy political time where you're on one side or you're on the other side. There's really not so much of a middle ground, right? But although climate change is considered by many these days to be a partisan issue, I don't believe it should be because the environment is for everybody, regardless of where you fall on the political spectrum. And I had the idea for this episode in the back of my mind because when I try and verbalize my care and concern for the planet with others in my own personal life, I often find myself spluttering and sputtering and falling over my words and not being able to get out what I'm wanting to say in a way that is in a way that makes any sense. So I thought if I'm having that trouble, you might be as well. Now on today's show, we're doing two things. The first thing is we are discussing why we all 
really do need to get our words right and speak about environmental issues with those people in our lives. And that's because the media actually isn't doing so great of a job. So that's part one of today's episode. And on part two, I'm telling you how to talk, how to do it with three really concrete strategies with some talking points. And my hope today is that by the end of the episode, you will leave rip-roaring and ready to discuss climate change, discuss global warming, discuss environmental issues with those people in your life and maybe even those people in your life that may not fall on the same side of the political spectrum as you. Now, this week's show notes, you can find them at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 143. That's M-A-M-A minimalist.com forward slash 143. All right, so let's get right into part one. Why do we all need to step up and be vocal? Why can we not stay silent? Well, the answer to this question I already alluded to, I already hinted to the answer, is it has to do with the media. Climate change is already affecting many communities in some way, and nearly two-thirds of Americans believe that the federal government should be acting more aggressively to combat climate change. So what does that mean? That means that two-thirds of Americans, the majority of Americans, are concerned (laughs) about the state of this planet. Yet, the media does not cover environmental issues all that often. And there are numbers to back that statement up. The news, news media, they play a vital role in both educating the public about environmental issues and driving change, right? Countless studies find that news coverage of environmental issues is lacking in both quality and quantity. Now, most Americans still these days consume the news through their television sets. They put on the evening news, maybe the morning news. Yet ratings and money work against adequate coverage of the environment. I read a report in which a news producer mentioned that covering climate change is, quote, a ratings killer. Now, print media, too, if you get the newspaper or if you log on to your favorite newspaper's website every morning, get the digest, print media also falls short. Environmental coverage online and in newspapers always falls behind coverage that relates to crime, politics, and entertainment. Now, on average here, entertainment headlines like who Brad Pitt is dating now, those kinds of headlines, (laughs) get over three times more coverage than environmental stories in national news organizations. Now, if you are wondering where do local newspapers play in, well, (laughs) in fact, local newspapers tend to cover environmental issues at a rate that is 2.5 times that of the national newspapers. Now, you might be wondering to yourself, okay, well, who's doing the best? Everybody's doing bad, but who is doing the best? So I'm going to give you the top 10 best players (laughs) with a caveat here that even the best players are not covering environmental issues all that much. So the place that's doing the best is HuffingtonPost.com. They are considered the best in terms of environmental coverage. 
yet they only cover environmental issues, including climate change, 3% of the time. So if you take the entire Huffington Post website, 3% of that website is dedicated to the environment. Next up is the LA Times. 2.6% of their coverage has to do with the environment. Next up is the New York Times print, followed by NewYorkTimes.com. 2.43% of their coverage has to do with the planet. Number five is NPR, National Public Radio. Number six is foxnews.com. And you might be thinking to yourself, wait, what? Fox News is at number six? Well, there's an asterisk here because although Fox News is a leader in reporting on environmental issues, studies find that the network has an active anti-environmental agenda. And so much of that coverage, even though they're covering it a lot, most of that coverage is fact dismissive. All right, so number seven is the Wall Street Journal. They cover environmental issues 1.8% of the time, followed by USA Today. Number nine is Fox News Total. And finally, coming in at number 10 is the Washington Post, in which 1.55% of their coverage is dedicated to the planet. Now, another little fun fact here, and when I say fun, it's actually not so fun at all. Back in 2018, the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the IPCC, released its landmark huge report. I have discussed this report on the show before. The report mentioned that we have just 12 years to radically slash greenhouse gas emissions. The report mentioned how important it is to keep warming to two degrees. That report, okay, <laughs> 2018. Huge report, major, major, major findings within it. Only 22 of the 50 biggest newspapers in America covered that report. So what am I saying there? I'm saying that 28 huge newspapers didn't even bother to cover the story, let alone give it front page news. Now, of the news agencies that are covering environmental issues, those 10 sites and papers that I mentioned... Studies find that they are routinely failing at presenting the facts in a way that educate others of the fact that human activity is changing the climate. So what am I saying there? I'm saying that these news outlets, these newspapers, these websites dedicated to news, they are mentioning that climate change is happening, but they're failing to make the connection that it's human-caused. And so that may be one of the reasons why the public remains so steadfast in whatever their opinion on climate change is. A lot of people are climate change deniers. They do not believe humans are causing any change to climate. And that may be because journalists aren't making the connection between humans doing it and what's happening. My point here is that journalism has a real tremendous influence on environmental literacy, right? And low levels of knowledge surrounding environmental issues may equate to just collective unpreparedness to mitigate the effects of climate change in the coming years. So why do we need to talk to others about climate change? If I had to sum it up in a sentence, <laughs> I would say that it's because the media is not doing a good enough job. Now we're going to get into 
how exactly with three concrete steps, how to talk to others about environmental issues. But before we do that, a quick word from this week's sponsor. Blasoma does things differently than most of the cosmetics industry, and that's because their estheticians create holistic and botanical skincare made from vitamins, omega fatty acids, herbs, and essential oils, not those hard-to-pronounce ingredients, petrochemicals, or synthetics. Blasoma is the real deal when it comes to ethical business practices, too. Zero ingredients, lack safety data, are tested on animals, or are harmful to skin or body. Their products come in glass bottles, too, and their production studio is 80% solar-powered. I have been using the Sustain line for two months now, and I am a huge fan of their five-star rated mild rice facial cleanser. There are no microbeads to be found in this cleanser, my friends. Instead, it is rice that gently exfoliates and cleanses. Head on over to blissoma.com, that's B-L-I-S-S-O-M-A.com, and enter code MINIMAL at checkout for 20% off Sustain Ecosystem products. We are moving right on to part two of today's episode, which is how, very concrete, actionable how, to talk to others about environmental issues. I believe that in the instances in which friends and family and acquaintances and maybe even strangers engage with us out of genuine curiosity, maybe you're in the supermarket and a stranger comes up to you and asks why you're putting your apples straight into your cart and not into a plastic bag. I don't know. That happened to me <laughs> the other day. So maybe it's happening in your life too. When those instances happen, I believe it's on us to seize that opportunity to not only teach, but also to inspire change. Now, how do you do that in 2020, 40 days before an election? I believe you do it by guiding conversations away from the politics and towards the reality that the environment is for everyone, regardless of your political affiliation, regardless of your skin color, regardless of your geographic location, regardless of how much money you make. The environment is for everybody. Now, when it comes to how to do it, it's all about relating the problem to the person. So my first tip for you today is backed by science, and it is to relate the problem to something that others can see or smell or taste. Three decades of polling by the Brookings Institute has found that humans tend to be more concerned about visible environmental problems that people can either see or smell or taste or hear. When unprompted, pollers report that polluted drinking water, polluted rivers and lakes, soil contamination, ocean and beach pollution, pollers report those concerns as more legitimate and scarier, frankly, than climate change. Now, why? Why is that? I believe it's because climate change seems like some lofty, pie-in-the-sky non-immediate threat, right? 12 years, 20 years, it's it's far off. It's really not, but I can see how some people would think that 20 years away, oh, it's not an immediate threat. But something they can see, like their 
polluted drinking water or plastic all over their favorite beach. Those are problems that seem both more immediate and more concerning. So when you're relating the problem to something others can see or smell, uh, here are some examples. Deforestation. There is nothing pretty about a forest or a rainforest that has been raised, right? That's something you can see. You could talk about forest fires, like the ones we are seeing right this instant in California and other parts of the western part of the United States. You can talk about air pollution. If you live in a city, you already know it to be true. You can see air pollution and it is not pretty, right? You can mention littering. (laughs) Nobody likes a litter bug. And that's because there is nothing attractive about litter on the side of the road. Finally, you could mention plastic pollution, especially on our beaches. There's something about plastic pollution on the beaches that really get people upset. And I think it's partly to do that the beach is where so many of us go to relax. We don't want to see microplastics interspersed with the sand. We don't want to see plastic bottles all over the place. So those are just some examples of some environmental problems that are visible and may pique the interest of some people who believe that climate change is just too far off, too elusive to worry about right now. My second tip for you today is to relate climate change to other issues the person cares about. The reality is that environmental issues, and especially climate change, affect all areas of public interest. People don't realize this, but (laughs) climate change will affect the economy. It will affect human health. It will affect social issues. It will affect national security. So when we are able to use our words in a way that ties environmental issues to ones that others are passionate about, that is a real powerful way to dispel the notion that it's possible to ignore climate change, right? Be sure to integrate the environmental angle into conversations where appropriate and make sure that the connection is explicit. So don't do what the newspapers are doing, which is not making that explicit connection between climate change and human actions. Make the connection explicit. Now, I should say here, I'm going to give you specific talking points for different different passions, I should say. Um, but before I do, I should just mention that history shows us that humans are really adaptable. And so I do believe that humans can adapt to climate change if climate change happens gradually. But the question becomes, though, what happens if the rate of changes are too rapid for humans and human innovation to keep up, right? When we're sitting across the table, when we're talking to someone whose number one priority is business and the economy, we all have people like this in our lives, right? (laughs) Hello, dad, if you're listening, I love you. (laughs) My dad, his number one is always going to be the economy, and I hear that. But I do believe it's important to make the connection when we are talking with people who prioritize the economy over all else. It's important to mention that warmer temperatures and sea level rise and extreme weather will damage property, will damage infrastructure, will 
decimate the agriculture and forestry and tourism industries. And all of that will make the economy, the GDP, take a hit. And that is not to mention trade and supply chains, right? Damage to other countries around the globe will also affect U.S. business. There will be economic costs associated with climate change. There just will. It's hard to put a number on what that economic cost will be because we don't know the rate at which climate change will occur. I will say, though, that a major scientific report in 2018 that was issued by 13 federal agencies under President Trump predicted that global warming will slash up to a tenth of the gross domestic product by 2100. That is more than double the losses of the Great Recession of 10 years ago. Now think about that. (laughs) Think about that for one moment. By 2180 years, global warming will be directly responsible for slashing up to a tenth of the GDP of the United States. Now, the Great Recession of 2008, (laughs) we all remember it and we remember it well, because it was a hard time for many, many people. 13 federal agencies believe that the economy will suffer at a rate two times what we saw in 2008. Now, have you never heard of this report? (laughs) Is your jaw on the ground? If so, I must also say that this report was released by the White House so conveniently the day after Thanksgiving in 2018, so Black Friday, which, of course, is when people are out shopping, not us because we are minimalists, but fewer people consume the news on Black Friday than they do on your average Friday or your average Monday. So I believe this report may have been not only conveniently, but also purposely released on a day when many Americans are not tuning into the news. All right, so moving on to human health, if the person that is sitting across the table from you is most passionate, most interested in human health, you should mention a few things. (laughs) Now, of course, a caveat before we go into this is that the effects on individual humans will vary by age, by gender, by geography, by genetics, by socioeconomic status. However, in general, increasing numbers of humans will die from temperature-related illnesses as our planet warms. Now, increasing precipitation will spur the proliferation of insects that spread dangerous and deadly diseases like Zika and West Nile and more. Crop declines from droughts may lead to undernutrition in humans, may lead to hunger, may lead to higher food prices, and excess carbon in the air may make staple crops like barley and soy less nutritious. Heat may mean longer allergy seasons. And higher temperatures and more extreme events may likely affect the cost of energy, air, and water quality. So humans being comfortable and healthy in cities, that will become more challenging. Next up is social issues. Extreme climate-related disasters may exacerbate existing mental health issues and may create mental health issues if there were not any previously. Trauma from extreme weather conditions may lead to anxiety and depression and maybe even suicide. Now, finally, if the person you are talking with 
His number one priority is national security. Mention to them that sea level rise will flood parts of military bases along America's east and Gulf coasts for up to three months a year as soon as 2050. Crazy. Be sure to mention also that national security may be weakened by crumbling infrastructure that's exacerbated by climate change. Much of America's critical infrastructure is at risk from flooding due to sea level rise. So I'm talking about airports on coasts, docks, certain railways, certain highways, N95 that goes from Maine to Florida, I believe. It's on the coast. Power outages will cripple businesses, hospitals, transportation systems, and more. So just to recap tip two, that was a long one. It was to relate climate change to other issues that the person cares about. Now, finally, my final concrete tip for you is to relate it to the person's geography. Over the past four decades, population in America has grown rapidly in coastal areas. And not surprisingly, these coastal areas are most sensitive to coastal storms, whereas the South and West are more sensitive to drought and heat waves. So if you live in the mountainous West, you will likely face water shortages and increased wildfires in the future. If you live in a city, you may be affected by heat waves because cities absorb more heat during the day than suburban and rural areas. Also, if you live in a city, you may be extra susceptible to aging infrastructure, like damage to drainage and sewer systems, transportation systems, power supplies. So just keep that in mind as well. And for all of us, regardless of where we live, we continuously face the potential for hazards as it relates to air pollution. Phew. All right. So that was a lot. My three tips for you today, just to recap on how to talk to others about climate change. The first is to relate the problem to something others can see, smell, or taste. My second tip was to relate climate change to other issues that the person cares about. So tie it all together. And finally, tip three is to relate it to the person's geography. I so hope that this episode gave you the confidence to breach environmental issues with your loved ones and with your friends and in your own life because the media is not doing an adequate job. Now, this week's show notes, you can find them at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 143. Thank you so much to those of you who continue to write reviews for the show on Apple Podcasts. You do not know how much I appreciate it. I appreciate it an awful lot. On next week's show, I am bringing you an interview all about the local movement. I will see you then. Have an amazing week. Stay home, stay healthy, and take care. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.